Triple BMX Network production. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show on PulpMX.com, taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the show, the, the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We are live from Las Vegas. This is the second ever episode of the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Thank you. This is a show where we we don't look in the past. We look, we look forward. I think there's a song lyric in there somewhere. We're looking forward to Lakewood, round two of the Lucas Oil AMA Nationals. We're coming off a terrific round one at Hangtown, and this weekend in Lakewood, it should be even better. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Mathis, with me, uh, taking your calls, uh, and actually taking your calls right now, 702-586-7857, the producer of the show, uh, none other than the Titch Legendary. Titch, what's up? Hello. You have fun in Hawaii? I sure did. Must be nice, bro. It's a great time, man. Must be nice. All the the pulp money's paying off. Oh, Jesus. We pay you too much. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening, and thank you to Fly Racing. It's, this show is supported by Fly Racing, one of the fastest-growing MX and off-road riding apparel and hard-part brands in North American market. It's distributed in 40-plus countries. Fly Racing, the gear of choice for Shorty, Trey Kennard, um, guys like that, uh, a ton of other riders in the field wear Fly, and we thank them for supporting us. We're going to have Jeff Emig on. He's, uh, he's a pretty good outdoor rider. I think he was number 10 all-time, uh, Racer X um, listings so for a great it's outdoor rider so emig's going to join us and look ahead to lakewood jason thomas may be on also to uh look forward to lakewood and uh for, with that let's go to the first call eric what's up man hey what's up thanks for listening yeah i was uh i'm wondering how you think jay stewart will do after he said he was looking for the whole length of the season to all 12 rounds right. after one three three what do you think Ah, uh, he's just still too inconsistent for me. Well, he went three three, Eric. That's, that's not inconsistent. Yeah, but he said he he didn't go as hard as he could. Right, he has that weak knee. It, it's uh, his his mentality is right. He wants to make it through all twenty four motos. But when have you ever known James Stewart to just simply ride around in in third place? Right. Yeah. It's exactly. It's a little weird. I I, I mean. He got beat by 40-plus seconds this weekend by Ryan Villapoto, and uh, that's got to be a little concerning if you're James Stewart. I don't know if James oh, Stewart's yeah. ever been beat by 40 seconds, you know what I mean, Other than, without crashing. so Yeah. By round six, I think you realize he really has to, he really has to lay it out on the line. Yeah, absolutely. No, he's, he's got to get better. He has to get better, and it's got to start this weekend. Um, the big news this weekend, we have a couple of European guys coming over too, Clement Sal. And uh, Kevin Stribos, so that should yeah. be, that should be interesting. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. I think I think Stewart's. I wasn't surprised that he went three three in Hangtown. I, if he if you told me beforehand he was going to go three three, I would have said okay, I'll take that. But I never would have thought he would have been that far behind in in doing no, not in, in going three three. You know what I mean? Um, he didn't come from the back and charge to the front. He got good starts, and he got passed, and he got left behind. And that's strange. So, um, and his yeah. Passes weren't easy. They were, or they were easy. He just gave up the spot, especially in the first moto. Right, right. Yeah, it's, uh, he, he seemed to, he seemed pretty, um, pretty easily passed, huh? Like, he didn't fight too much. Yeah, maybe uh, that 
the torn ACL is coming into his mind too? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, our own Jason Thomas has said, you know, you can ride without one. A lot of guys don't have one. It's been a long time since he heard it. Remember, he heard it in January. So yeah. maybe maybe there's some of that. You know, his hand was, his wrist was sore or something too. So, um, you know what, Eric? Uh, we're supposed to hold on to this for all show, but I really like your call right off the bat. Right off the hop, I like your call. So you've won, <laughs> you've won a Fly Racing uh, Factory Spectator kit. That's right. We give prizes away. Awesome. You're going to win a T-shirt, a hat, a backpack, a wallet, umbrella, and rain jacket, a, a pit board, and a hydration pack, all courtesy of Fly Racing. And uh, that's just – I mean, I know I was going to give it up to the best caller, and I probably should have more than one caller to choose from, but I like your call. I like it, Eric. So um, well, hold the line, and uh, Tits will get your information. And thanks to Fly Racing for that. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Uh, Eric, um, sorry, everybody. We're going to give it to the best caller. But I really liked Eric's call right out of the gate. thought it was pretty good. So thanks, everybody, for um, listening. Hey, so DeSalle and Strybos this weekend. Remember DeSalle, last time he raced was Unadilla. He went 2-2 behind Ryan Dungey. He was here in 2010 at Washougal riding for Ryan Clark. And he got third in a moto as a full privateer on a Honda. So the guy, and uh, the second moto he crashed, crashed out or crashed back. So the guys raced four motos in America and gotten on the box three out of the time, three times. So, and if you're wondering if he needs an adjustment to Lakewood, he doesn't. He raced Lakewood before, motocross the nations, made the podium there in the last moto. He was third there. So DeSalle is legit and he could factor into this race this weekend maybe not the first or the second spot but maybe after that or maybe maybe the guy can do something better uh and stribos stribos is a solid uh top 10 guy in the gps i would think he'd be 8 to 12 uh this weekend in lakewood somewhere around there he's um he's pretty good so uh i think uh i think some guys will be surprised this american spectators will be surprised watching to sell um go through there sinjin Oh, gee, I wanted the prize pack. No, sorry, bro. Oh, uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I have two questions. All right, so the first one, uh, how do you think Jimmy – Jimmy's coming back this weekend, right? No, he's not. Jimmy's he's not. He's not? I, Jimmy Albertson is probably going to need another surgery, and he will be out no. for, for the entire outdoors. Are you uh, serious? Yeah, I am. I can't believe I'm the first guy to break this to you. I really apologize. Yeah, you know, it's kind of sad. Jimmy hasn't been talking to me lately. You know, I don't know what's going on. That's just that's crazy. I can't believe why. Why? What happened? Can, what happened with uh, I guess it the just, first surgery? Yeah, I guess it just didn't heal right. You know, uh, they put a screw in there and uh, didn't work out so good. So I uh, okay. then, I don't know what the deal was. I, it's not one hundred percent for sure, but yeah. I would think we're not going to see him this summer. So uh, okay. And then my second question, um, <laughs> just for curiosity, uh, you know how at the end of the year a lot of race teams sell their bikes, yeah. like you know. Yeah. Uh, are those things I know that you you know the inside loop, of course, because you're just a genius. Are those things pretty hammered out? Um, no, no, I don't, I don't think so. A lot of a lot of teams uh, will put new stuff on there. Um, if they run kit stuff, you know the suspension will be brand new. The frames will have a lot of time on them, but they don't stretch much. The aluminum frames. Yeah. Um, and no, no, they're not hammered. They get you know, they get the they get the full works parts treatment, like all the. All the new parts get bolted on, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I've, okay. I've, I've had a buddy who bought one from a team, and he had terrible luck with it, and it blew up, and he was pissed off. And then I had two or three buddies that bought different bikes. Another buddy bought from the same team, and those yeah. guys couldn't be any happier. 
You know what or I mean? Let's so, put that team on blast. Which team was it? Um, no, I don't want to put them on blast because I don't know the whole Both story. Teams. You know, what I mean? no, I just I don't know. I never followed up. I never asked. I only went on my, what my buddy was ranting and raving about. So, all right, and having my calls been pretty good lately. I haven't been saying fuck. And no, shit yeah, and it's good. Like good. Good job. Um, glad to see you're getting better, Sinjin. Yeah, I'm starting to mature. All right, have a good show. All right, see you. Um, right. Yeah, so uh, Albertson could be out for the summer, which sucks. Um, tits, I know you don't listen to the Racer X podcast shows. I yeah, most. Can of them. you tell me who I who I called for a sleeper in the 450 class? Can you tell me? You had Sipes. Sipes. What I did believe. he do? And what did he do in Hightown? I don't know. He got sixth. Ryan Sipes, everybody. Uh, I talked to him yesterday for a little bit, and uh, he's got limited time on the bike. Obviously, hasn't hasn't done as much testing as he'd like to, and um, but he was happy with what he did. And uh, sixth place for Ryan Sipes has got to be a surprise for everybody out there. Um, I would think, anyways. So this weekend in Lakewood, we know rocks and flies there in the 250 MX class. We know rocks and flies there. He he. Uh, was leading the whole motocross the nation's moto um, at one time and uh, on a 250F at, at altitude. So, Roxon uh, going off what he did, um, um, going off what he did the uh, in, in uh, Colorado, it should be should be pretty good for him, I think. Especially uh, Hangtown, his ride was so good that uh, you know it was uh, some something to be seen for sure. Uh, Gonzo, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Thanks for listening. Hey, I just had a question. I thought, um, I was wondering what you thought some of the signature obstacles were at each of the national tracks. Like, High Point's got the uphill triple, uh, Bradshaw Boulevard, Walsh Eagle's got Millville whoops. What do you think the signature, like, well, obstacle would be for Lakewood? That's a great question. I have no idea. Uh, for Lakewood, I, just the altitude, maybe? The uphill start, you know? Yeah, I'm thinking as they come around and head up uh, all the way up the hill and go around. Yeah, uh, that's a hell of a. It's a lot of a lot of gas being used up that hill. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Lakewood would be a track that, you know, you know, it's a really cool obstacle. Is is right before you come to the mechanics area, for the start straight, you uh, you have the uphill triple. They 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 make it a double sometimes. They make it a triple. You know, different stuff like that. Um, yeah, they made that a little bit bigger over the years. Yeah, that's yeah. True. That's a that's an awesome obstacle. So maybe cool. that's one. Um. So, so what are some of the other tracks you may think? Uh, Hangtown doesn't seem to really have too much. It's kind of changed over the years. Yeah, but yeah, Hangtown has Red Bud. Red Bud's got the leap. Uh, Unadilla's got uh, Gravity Cavity or Screw You. Um, Millville has the Sand Whoops. Mm. Dilla, yeah, everything, yeah. yeah. Um, Southwick. Southwick, just the sand, just the whole thing, you know. Used to, yeah, be, a con- used to be an asphalt start. Right. Used to be a frog. Well, cool. Car, thanks, but... man. All right. Thanks, Gonzo. See ya. All right. Later. All right, our first guest uh, on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show is a guy who knows something about riding nationals. Uh, I think he was the 10th best motocrosser of all time on uh, racerxonline.com, and he has four outdoor titles, three outdoor titles. Jeff Emig, what's up? Three. Three. Three, and I I think I was number 11. Okay, so I was off by one every little bit. Are you okay with that ranking, 11th best? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Okay. So well, I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to let everybody know that the new shift line launches June 1st and all that. And, uh, here on a show that's sponsored by another brand. So Steve, I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. No worries, bro. Thanks. Uh, everybody. <laughs> and, and, and he guaranteed, he guaranteed me that we'd have a chance to 
settle the debate once and for all whether Van Halen or Van Hagar was the best version of Van well, Halen. I think we've gone back and forth over this. For this, I know your guy. You're, you know your your DLR, your Zeppelin, your '70s rock guy. So I know you're going to go with David Lee, but you couldn't be more wrong. Uh, I'm just rattling um, the name. Hey, um, what are we talking about today? Well, okay. So you've had rides like Ryan Villapoto had at Hangtown. One one. See you later. Um, not, I get, a, not at Hangtown. I no, no, no. Two but, and a two one. Yeah, but but or, in your career, two one twos and never won Hangtown. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, you Red Bud, Millville, Steel City. You know, you've had rides like that. Um, what what kind of mindset? What kind of thoughts is RV going with to, you know, this weekend? Like, is it, it, obviously, it's hard not to be overconfident. He just destroyed the field, but James Stewart, Ryan Dungey, they're pretty legit riders. So, how do you do? You still tell yourself, "Hey, it's a long series. These guys are really fast. I got to keep working." How do you stop yourself from being so confident? Because that ride, you know, definitely would pump you up. Well, if it was. A- like a rookie and it was his first time doing it, you could think uh, that he could get overconfident. But this guy is a seasoned veteran uh, with massive amounts of experience. I personally think that he is as locked in like, you know, just um, like the tractor beam is on. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, he is just, he is just uh, in that zone. Um, He knows exactly what he wants to do. And it's it's he seems to be as focused as as they come. So you know the real yeah. question is, you know, what answer do the other riders have for him? Yeah, they have to be. Dungey got beat by twenty plus seconds. Stewart by forty plus seconds. Or one of yeah, those it's about, guys. It's about fifteen. Dungey was about fifteen, right? Or did that second moto did it climb again? No, it climbed in that second moto. Yeah, it was like 20. yeah, but okay, but. Stewart led almost half the race. So that lead, the first moto, was over basically 30-plus minutes of work. Yeah. The second moto, the, that same lead was basically over about 16-minute span. So it was even more of an ass-whooping, the second moto. Right. Yeah. So, so how so, do you – what are you What are you doing? What are you what, – what's your thoughts if you're one of those guys? I mean, are you just sticking with your program? Are you radically – testing are you changing things up well i mean the other competitors and even canard and fourth and dungey or uh uh, and fifth you know these guys they don't like to lose and they're not happy about it It, it, you know it uh you know maybe canard and barsha have a bit of a pass because they're uh it's their you know canard's come back from injury hasn't raced outdoors for a while you know, all these different excuses that you can throw out, but they don't like working as hard as they do, laying it on the line like they do, and getting their ass whooped like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and and I always go, I mean, I did it right and I did it wrong, and I did it in the middle. You know, <laughs> right. Carmichael can never say that. We always joke around about it. It's like, you know, there was only a couple of championships out of all of the championships that he entered where he really made big mistakes and really didn't do things right, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, you know, I've been there before where, uh, I mean, just go back to 96, the motocross championship. Um, um, 
you know, I I had a hard time winning for six races. Yeah. And then was able to able to start winning and then eventually had a little luck go my way. It went McGrath you know, went right. against McGrath and then but it all changed by you know I think that that's what if you're KTM or Suzuki mm-hmm. you're or Honda, you're really hoping that at the end of twelve races that this thing changes. Yeah. And injury injury can happen to anyone at any time. And I think Ryan Villapoto is maybe more aware of that than anybody out there. Mm-hmm. I've really listened closely to his words this season when he speaks, and you can tell that he knows the the risk involved. He knows what's on the line, and so he takes it very seriously. Um, he's not just out there playing around. I right. mean, this guy is there for a purpose. He is riding with intent, and he proved it last weekend. So in 96, beginning of the year, MC's working you, working everybody. What do you remember, like, uh, how frustrated you got? Did you just, I mean, obviously it worked out in the end. You t- you got the title. But was it a real challenge to stay on your game? Because let's face it, during the week on a Wednesday afternoon, when MC's kicking your ass, uh, it's hard to do that extra, you know, 10 minutes in the moto or hard uh, to do that run. Or uh, you know? It's easier. It's easier if you want it. And if you really are dedicated to it, that ass whooping that you received, well, back in our day, it was Sunday. Right. Yeah. It only fuels the fire. Okay. You know? Yep. I mean, uh, it, it, you know, I used to love to run. Um, I used to love to run in the middle of the day when I got done with my motos, right? So I'd get done with motos in the morning, come home. You know, California, it's 105 degrees, right. super dry. Put on my shorts, my running shoes hottest part of the day i got my roommates and denny stevenson and everybody at the house you know kicking it by the pool i'm like hey anybody up for a run <laughs> okay well it looks like i'm going by myself again right, today right um but that 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 training that you do whether it's on a bicycle or running that sort of cardio mm-hmm. and you you know you're out there and you're sweating your ass off and it hurts and you're mentally in your mind you're you're going okay why am i going through all of this and then going to the race on the weekend and getting my uh, getting my ass handed to me. Right. So it's the, it's that desire that has to be there for for all of them. And who has more desire? Mm-hmm. Right. Who wants it more? And you know, for me, it was all about my thirty five, thirty seven minute run. And then I'd come home and I used to, uh, um, you know, I used to, um, uh, you know, hit. Uh, you know, um, uh, uh, the speed bag. Yeah, yeah. So I would do 15 minutes on the speed bag. And while you're sitting there pounding the speed bag, you know, it's like you're in like a Rocky movie. (laughs) And you're just pounding this thing going, okay, this weekend I'm going to kick some ass. Bam, 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 bam. You know, and you just got done with 37 minutes of your heart rate wide open. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing for all these guys these days, riding bicycles and stuff. You know, everybody loves to cycle now. They love to climb. Man, you get to climbing hills and stuff where you're just in your in you know the lowest gear and you're just grinding it out, standing yeah. on the pegs. Like, what am I doing this for? So that Saturday, I'm victorious. Yeah. And so, you know, that's what that's the type of you know determination that guys like Dungey and Stewart and all them have to start. They have to start showing. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. If you have a question for Jeff Emig. Uh, give, him, give him a call and uh, pick his brain. He's the uh, lead analyst on the Speed this, uh, Fuel TV slash NBC Sports shows, Outdoors Nationals. Um, 
All right. So besides the obvious guys, who surprised you at Hangtown? Who um, who 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 caught your eye? I, I, I'm going with Sipes. I, I he was pretty good. I was surprised. Yeah, yeah. I thought Sipes was pretty good. I think Trey Kennard's ride was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think those guys got lost in the shuffle a bit on our broadcast. Right. Um, I think I think the Weston Pike ride, Nicoletti, those guys. That was that was pretty cool. It was pretty disappointing to see some of the other riders that we really had high expectations for just just really flounder and just have bad days. And so those guys are hoping, okay, it's this kind of hangtown vibe, and mm-hmm. now the championship starts when we go east. But I'm like, dude, the championship started last week. <laughs> right. Sorry, it's not 11 races. It's 12. It already yeah. started. Yeah. So, um, and the, you know, in the 450 class, you know, those are those are some of the guys. What about uh, um, who do you want to see more out of at, at Colorado? Myself, uh, Michael Lessie. You know, I actually lost some money on Michael Lessie. I had a, I had, I had a bet that he'd be top five, and uh, I thought I was gonna. I already spent the money. I was so confident. Mike flies at Hangtown, and he's and he's good. But man, he just didn't get his starts, and he wasn't really much of a factor. Surprisingly, is there anybody else that you want to see more from, or or would you would you put a Lessie well, at number one there? Yeah, well, if that's if that's one of his best races and he starts out like that, <laughs> is that an indicator that that it's only going to be downhill from here? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, let's hope not. It, it, it's going to be a long summer if that's the case. So. You know, obviously uh, the Yamaha guys, um, or you know, the Toyota Yamaha guys, their mm-hmm. their whole weekend was just yeah. was just about as crappy as it could get. You know, when you've got uh, Travis Preston. Um, you know, just basically coming out of retirement, doing what I don't know. Is he doing the whole championship? No, just, just, doing just that one. No, he's just doing that one. Yeah, okay. And then, you know, everybody's talking talking about how he beat Brayton in the overall. Well, yeah, Brayton also had a mechanical failure. I mean, let's don't right. let's don't let's, let's add a little bit of reality to this, but just the mechanical, like you got a, a flat front tire, like seriously. Yeah, I mean it's like Dungey at the Monster Energy Cup last year having a foot peg or the, um, uh, Shifter. the shift lever yeah. issue. Like what? Yeah, who who has these problems? You know, so kind of one of those um, one of those deals that you really just got to chalk up the bad luck. That right. man, that team's got to do something. Yeah, uh, and they got to do it quick. Uh, phone lines are of course full for you, Jeff Emig. They're not full for me ever, but when Jeff Emig's on, they are. Uh, Clinton, what's up, man? Thanks for listening. What's your question for Jeff Emig? Hey, guys. Um, this is kind of a, a big, I guess, philosophical motocross question, but this has been uh, bothering me a little bit. When you grow up riding motocross and uh, going to, like, motocross schools, uh, the way that we're taught to ride, our technique is not the way that Ryan Villapoto rides. It's we're taught to ride to where basically look like Dungey, look like Chad Reed, um, use their cornering technique in that weight way on the front of the bike, elbows up, you know, kind of the classic style. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, is the sport evolving? Are we going to start catching on and try to start teaching people? How do you how do you teach someone to ride what seems to be the fastest way, which would be how Ryden Villapoto rides with steering with the rear end of the bike? Right. Keeping well, your weight back. When when are we going to kind of wake up at large to maybe that's the way to do it? Uh, I'll, before Jeff speaks, I mean myself, I think you ride how you ride, and there is no proper way 
to ride. There's, you know, the instructors teach you a certain way, but man, whatever works for you. Uh, that's my feeling. But anyways, Emig, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I get your point. Um, I, I think that when you're when you're uh, doing motocross schools, and even like this summer, the Ricky Carmichael University that we're having at Redbud on on uh, July 3rd, you're going to have Stanton, and uh, I think we have uh, Tedesco for that. Carmichael, myself, you know, we're we're going to teach you the foundation, and then. Um, you know, everybody kind of finds their own niche, you know, and, and I mean, I know that for me, technique, body position, my style, like visualizing how I thought I looked on the bike compared to what, you know, back in the day, I mean, I'm looking at pictures of Brock Glover and Mm -hmm. Bob Hanna and and Mm -hmm. Bailey and these guys and trying to emulate a picture in my mind to develop my own technique. And then you get your own feel, you know, you know, I was a rider that sat very straight up on the bike with my back straight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a, yeah. a rider that I raced against, like Doug Henry, he was completely hunched over. Well, we, you know, we we had very similar speed. So how does that happen when we looked so so you know uh, so so different? But um, I also think that it depends on the bike and bike setup and mm-hmm. track and things like that. But um, you know, Villapoto, especially at Hangtown, and I'm, I, when I was watching practice uh, inside of the television booth, uh, I made a comment to Weege. I said, dude, Villapoto is like, he is literally putting the bike wherever he wants to, and he slides the bike around, yeah. and, and, yeah. and, and then he kind of drags his leg, right? Well, I wouldn't teach you to drag your leg, but I'm also not going to tell Ryan Villapoto that, that he's messing up <laughs> because he's dragging his leg. So, yeah. you know what I mean? You know what I'm getting at? Um, well, so the foundation, and he was taught a certain thing when he was younger also. Well, now he's moved past that point, and he's found his own his own niche, you know? Well, I guess uh, it's, you know, even if you wanted to, there's certain things he does on the bike and certain things James do that you couldn't, you really couldn't teach someone to do that without yeah. putting them on yeah. the head over and over again, right. so... All right, thanks. I was just wondering if maybe the you guys thought that the style was changing yet again, or if maybe Villapoto's just kind of, uh, you know, got his own thing going on, and we, you know, the next great guy might not look anything like that. But I'll let you right, go. Thanks for yeah. a good joke. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I mean, and and also, I mean, you know, his bike setup and all that is so drastically different than what um, an amateur rider could probably ride it. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, JT, not Jason Thomas, but another JT. JT, thanks for listening. I, I, I would be JT no money. JT no money. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other JT has a real job, so I'm not sure we can call him JT money anymore either. Yeah, true, true. Apparently he has to work. So, uh, what's <laughs> up? What's your question for Jeff Emig? My question for Jeff is, who does he? Who's his pick to be the first one to beat Villapoto? All right. Wow. Um. Well, I mean, it's. I think it's pretty easy, but I, I do think that Dungey is that guy. Uh, you know, Dungey is uh, throughout his career. You look at his body of work. You know, he gets a lot of seconds, uh, but then he sprinkles some wins in throughout the championship, also. And uh, you know, Chad Reed did that also. When it was a really competitive year, he was fine with kind of laying up, being safe. Uh, but every now and then, he's going to feel his groove, and he's going to and he's going to go uh, take a win. 
So uh, Dungey would obviously be my first bet to uh, to beat Villapoto. And there you go, JT. That's perfect. That, that'd be the one I would JT choose. JT, bro, thanks betting. for this call. Thank All you, right, guys, thanks. thanks. Yeah, how could you go? I mean, I guess you could go with Stewart, but, man, I was surprised at, you know, James after the race was pretty happy. And, like, I don't want to say happy, but he was like, hey, it's a long title and, you know, it's a long series and I'm in it to for the long haul and I'll take this 3-3. But, man, 40 seconds. So, um, and like you said, not even yeah, a, not even a in a big four. number. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Ryan, what's up? What's your question for Jeff Emig? Um, my question was, uh, what do you think the rest of the guys, let's say in the 450 class, um, everybody basically out of the top five, what do they have to do to bridge that gap and kind of get a little closer? Because it seemed like all the rest were pretty well off the pace of the top five. Yeah, the, the thing is, if you go on the uh, RacerX website and the sign of the times, lap times, whatever the title of that piece is, is that what it is, Weech? Uh, I'm sorry, Mathis? Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. I can't believe you just yeah, called me uh, Weech. I mean, the, yeah, the lap time thing really tells the story. And so, you know, most of the top guys, they 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 should be able to ride uh, the 230-minute motos. Um, you know, fitness, they should be handling that. But then during the week, they're working on their technique. They're working on, on their body position. They're working on their lap time. And they're basically trying to get faster. Um, and and right now, like this, the lap times in the 450 class, it was a pretty dramatic gap just from first to second even. Um, yeah. yeah. That second photo, Villapoto's average was faster than James's best, and James was third, you know. Like that's that's pretty dirty stuff. So uh, they right. they're gonna have to work on the lap time, get together with uh, the team, and that's a great thing. Is the 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 race team have such dedicated technicians and everybody on the uh, uh, you know working on the bike, trying to help you find that you know quarter of a second here, half a second there, and then by the end of the championship, you know it all starts to add up. All right. Yeah, um, I mean the top five guys. You know, we're on factory bikes. Um, I mean, is there much of a difference between the factory bikes and, and what a lot of the, the guys out of the top five are running? I mean, I've seen guys on privateer bikes have great rides. It, it all depends on the setup. The bottom line is is the the riders uh, with the most potential that show that they work the hardest and put out the best effort tend to get the factory rides. They don't tend to be on the support teams. So in our sport, it's the rider is you know eighty five percent of the equation, and yeah. that's not a number that I made up. That's a number that that even a, an individual like Roger DeCoster quoted me. Roger's mm-hmm. been around a long time, and if Roger yeah. says, "Dude, it's like eighty five percent rider," so you know that's uh, it's up to these guys to keep plugging away, keep trying to get more fit, um, you know, and um, applying their uh, themselves. And the door will open here and there. You know, I mean, Villapoto is an amazing champion, and uh, he probably is not going to leave the door unlocked. But but if he slips up, mm-hmm. there will be somebody there to walk through it. Thanks, Ryan. Take the window. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, Fro, we got you just for a little bit while longer. Uh, I want to touch on 250s. Um, surprised at Ken Roxon. I mean, dominated. He, he, uh, he was really, really surprising, just as much as Villapoto, I think. Uh, Kenny had a great ride. Yeah, I um, I I felt that that uh, that both of the KTM uh, 250 riders were really going to step it up this year. 
I was surprised that Roxon won both motos. Yep. I thought that it was going to be a little more uh, competitive for the win than what it was. Um, I was very surprised at Muscan. Mm-hmm. I especially when he took the lead in the first moto, I said, Dude, "This guy, he came to play this summer, yep. right?" Right. And then all of a sudden, man, that intensity and that pace just it just uh, you know it just went through the roof, and he had no answer for it. So I was more surprised at that than anything. Um, and you know, not to seem like I I'm a know it all, but you know, the rest of it kind of happened just like I thought it would. Did it? Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought Cooper Webb was great in that first motor. You know, he would have had seventh overall had he not stalled his bike in the oh, uh, man. in the last we, lap. So, yeah, we were watching timing and scoring, and then um, on one of our ISO monitors, uh, we had him uh, in the turn kicking his bike, and me and Weeds were just looking at each other, going, "No, <laughs> this just didn't happen." Yeah, I mean, but that's that. You know, I mean, what is Yamaha thinking? You know, 2008 really was the cutoff for the carburetor. Everything should have been fuel injected by then, and they've got these riders mm-hmm. that are riding their 250s that are riding carbureted engines. Mm-hmm. Come on, man! <laughs> you know it's like I mean seriously. You sound we like... back to the back to the mono shock, the old style. Uh, you sound like I me. Mean, that, uh, and then, yeah. Well, that bit him right there. That yeah. I mean, uh, fuel injection. If it did nothing else for the motorcycle, it's helped them start. Absolutely. Instantly. Yep, absolutely. Carbureted 250F, just when it gets hot, it does not like to start. So uh, it's really important because, man, he, he had a great ride going. You could tell he was getting uh, a little bit exhausted in the second moto. Mm-hmm. And then that other that other group of, of you know, b- basically rookies also, uh, you, you know, really stepped up. You know, Savachi and all those guys, they yeah. were they were all over that top ten. Martin, that was cool. Martin Savachi, Martin was good, too. Uh, he, he did well. Um Actually, the star racing team, Cunningham got fifth overall or whatever, or sixth overall, and Martin was eighth, seventh or eighth. So Yeah, but it, yeah, but the, but the basic, the motocross rookies, you know, Martin, Savachi, and Hill have, have ridden Supercross this year. Um, uh, Webb was the only true rookie, but all of those guys were, I mean, they were killing it the second moto. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, your friend Michael Byrne. Uh, no, no surprise. He was the he was your guy to watch in that in the on the TV broadcast. But hey, uh, when we, I know Byrne well, uh, not as well as you do. Great guy. Um, maybe the oldest guy out there now. But can can guys like Byrne and Nick Way, another guy I'm thinking about, how much of a hill do they have to climb? How tough is this going to be for them in this class in this year? Um, just coming into outdoors without having Supercross and just racing. Outdoors, how tough is that? Yeah, it'd be difficult. I mean, new riders keep they keep coming up every year. You <laughs> right, know, it right. never stops. Uh, and with Michael, you know, he, he unfortunately is recovering from that tibial plateau shatter in his in his right leg. Um, you know, and he, he can't quite train at the level they'd like to. He can't ride quite as much as he'd like to. And mm-hmm. and just like last year. Uh, recovering from another injury last year, he had to race himself in into shape. And if you remember, I mean, he was, I think we looked at, we were laughing about it last week, he went like 21-23 or something at the opening round yeah. one year ago. Mm-hmm. And by the time we got to Unadilla, he was leading the race looking like he was going to be able to win a moto. Yes. A little bit unexpected, surprising, yes, but he had put himself in a position where where he was getting top tens. 
where at the first race he couldn't even get a point. So he's in that same position again. Um, the great thing is that he gets awesome starts. Mm-hmm. And uh, even he even pointed out to me that on the second moto NBC Sports broadcast that I I mentioned that he got a great start again on his BTO Sports Suzuki. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he just reminded me that they're not on Suzuki's anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Oops. But, you know, yeah, it's not going to get any easier, but he's really dedicated to what he's doing. And, and I, I just wish that people really understood what he's had to go through with that broken leg because it's not just your average. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're out wincing and whining about having my ACL done a couple weeks ago, you know, pissing and moaning about how much pain I'm in. He's like, dude, you don't even know. Yeah. He goes, <laughs> he yeah. goes, I've done that before. That's nothing compared to what I'm going through now. So, uh, he's actually been my uh, my physical therapist um, over the phone, telling me how to rehab my leg. And you know, as he's going through the exact same thing. Yeah. Right. Really. Huh. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. Three time national champion, one time Supercross champion, the great Jeff Emig. Thank you for coming on the uh, Fly Racing Moto Sixty show. I love the insights and uh, good job in the booth as always. And uh, thank you. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks for everybody, uh, and I'm sure I'll be on later on this summer, so uh, get your questions ready. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Thank you, man. See you guys. All right, see you. That's Jeff Emig, everybody, uh, on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show, giving us his thoughts. Uh, a little harsh on the Yamaha tits, Emig. He uh, surprised me there. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Um, all right. Hey, thanks for uh, for listening to the show, everybody. Appreciate it. Second show. Second show, and uh, we're we're – we're already flying. Uh, 702-586-7857 if you want to call in and uh, and uh, ask a question. But for now, uh, Fly Racing wanted me to tell you guys, it's uh, they're all about sharing with you guys. And uh, as a result of wanting to share with the listeners of this show, they created the Flywall. It's a cool and fun way to, for you to share your photos on the Fly Racing website. Head over to flyracing.com. Look for the Flywall menu in the upper right of the homepage. Choose Post a Picture. Upload a photo of yourself and their favorite fly racing gear, and uh, they'll, everyone can check it out. You can even apply Instagram-like filters. Choose a photo from one of your Facebook photos if you want, if that's easier. Uh, once approved, your photo will show up on the fly wall. It's as simple as that. Head on over to flyracing.com. Upload your photo for a chance to be featured on the fly wall. And while you're online, make sure you follow Fly Racing on Facebook, Fly Racing USA on Twitter, and Instagram. See you at the track and check out the fly wall. And uh, without Fly Racing USA, this show wouldn't happen. We wouldn't have Jeff Emig on talking about the great things that he did talk about. And uh, so, yeah, I wanted to ask him a little bit about the Europeans, but frankly, I don't even know if Jeff knows too much about them. So, uh, um, uh, not too sure about that, but we'll, we'll see. I'll tell you who's, who's somebody who does know the Europeans, though. Someone who does know how the Euros are going to do this weekend and knows all about them. He would know more about them if they were from Germany. But anyways, uh, none other than uh, Fly Racing USA's own. Jason Thomas, JT, what's up? Uh, what's happening? Uh, thanks to Fly Racing. You are on the show. Appreciate yeah, it. yeah. Yep. Of course. I'm got to shut down throw a little bit on his, <laughs> his spiel, but that's all right. <laughs> oh, whatever. When you ask a guest, I guess the floor is theirs. I don't know. I don't know. I'll pull, I, the, I'll pull the rug right out from under that floor. Right. right. I, yeah, I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works uh, etiquette-wise. I'll have, to, I'll have to check the book. I hey. don't think he cared. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Hey, nope. uh, so I don't know if you've been listening or not. Fro was I have been. Fro was a little hard on the on the Yamaha carburetors. Surprised. He doesn't yeah. normally go there. I mean, yeah. I, I agree. Right. After, right. Man after your own heart. Uh, right. Hey, uh, DeSalle, Clement DeSalle, and uh, 
Davey Stribos. No, just kidding. Kevin Stribos. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they're uh, coming in hot. They are. And uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, DeSalle's race, four motos here. He's got podiums in three of them. And, uh, and Stribos is a no-joke top ten guy in the GPs. Uh, DeSalle, though, DeSalle specifically, um, do you see him on the box this weekend? I think it's possible. Um, like I, I almost for <clears> sure <throat> see him top five six, right? Like almost for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think for sure he's top five six. Right. Uh, just going to be starts, and I, I'm assuming that they'll have really good bikes. Um, you know, I think that's going to play a factor, especially at Colorado. With the mm-hmm. you know, we lose a ton of power there. So if he tries to come in with a a bike like he had with Ryan Clark, where it's fairly stock and all that kind of deal, I, I think he would probably struggle quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he has a factory Suzuki, which I have a feeling he will, then yeah, man, by all means, he's uh, he can be up there. I don't think he can beat Villapoto or Dungey, right? But I think I think if if we see the James Stewart, same James Stewart we did last week, um, James can have his hands full. Yeah, and yeah, no doubt. Hey, seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Call in if you have a question for Jason Thomas or myself. Either one works. Uh, Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show supported by Fly Racing, one of the fastest growing MX and off road riding apparel and hard parts brands in the North American market. Distributed in 40-plus countries, JT. Of those 40-plus countries, how many have you been to? Oh, a bunch already. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm not really so much that angle anymore, but, yeah, right. I've already covered a bunch anyway. Yeah, yeah, you've been there. Um, yeah. All right, so your your things, you're our guy for all things Chad Reed. Uh, okay. How is he doing this week? Yep. Is he able to ride? <clears throat> has he been able to ride? Um, Do you know? Yeah, I think there's a there's a big question mark next to the Chad Reed entry right now. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. All right. yeah. yeah. Not. Well, I mean, he can't go back out there still sick or whatever he's struggling from and do what he did at Hangtown. Well, there's just no sense. Yeah, and that, that's that's where the problem lies. Is right. <clears throat> sponsors want to see him and his bike and him and even if it's autograph lines and all that kind of stuff, like they want him out there. But for him, it's you know I don't want to. He doesn't want to go out there and get his bike kicked, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to race these you know it's only going to make him weaker if he's still sick right so he's in this catch 22 pardon the pun there where oh good one yeah yeah right um he doesn't know whether it's well i know what he wants to do which is just get better but at the same time he has a huge responsibility to his sponsors and all these people that are making this happen for him yeah be out there so i I don't think the decision's been made and and i'm not sure when he'll release that but i know he's he's struggling with it right now yeah and i don't think we'll see adam cincerillo either this weekend probably need another right, week right. another week to recover from his sickness so yeah um, and that's that's a different deal where he's pro circuit isn't dependent on him like chad is the whole show you know right, there's right. 10 employees or whatever that are yeah. the only reason they have a job is for him to be racing and and all these sponsors do like discount tire and all these people that's their whole program for racing you know right um well there's a lot of a lot of promos and and appearances and all, all these things in place that if he's out then you know it's kind of a waste so someone told me it's five grand a weekend to go to the race for a team. I think it's five grand. So, I mean, obviously, no, five. I think that's I think that's really low. Maybe it was more than that. Maybe it's ten <clears> grand. <throat> I, I, whatever it was, I'm just saying like Chad's a self financed team and everything else. And uh, I think it's I think it's quite a bit higher than that. I, I think, think for well, for, for a Chad's team of too. Chad, right? Team of Chad's level. You're figuring <clears throat> just in travel. You're probably in the uh, a thousand to fifteen hundred range per guy. When you hit figure, factor in hotels, you know summer airline flights and all that stuff are expensive as they are. And then mm-hmm. hotels for 
three nights, um, per diem for food and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, and then Chad's flights, I, I bet it's in the ten to 15,000 range. A lot of money. Fuel and, fuel and all that stuff. Right, it's a lot of money to show up and go 10 DNF, you know, um, for a guy like Chad. So. Yeah, I mean, the money I don't think is the issue. You know, I really think that's the last, the last factor is right. saving money by not going. It's the letting the sponsors down and, and fulfilling obligations and, and expectations, really. Yeah. Uh, Kale, what's up, man? You got a question for uh, Jason Thomas? Yeah, I do. Yeah, well, what is it, bro? Uh, sorry, hey, uh, I was wondering, what's the difference between uh, like Stewart's bike and DeSalle's bike? Like, they're both factory bikes. Like, would there be a difference, if if even a major difference between them? Um. Well, um. No, I, there wouldn't be a major difference. I, I'm sure they talk. The the Gabor's team, Sylvain Gabor's, his brother Eric, they run the Rockstar factory Suzuki team over in Europe, and um, I'm sure there's a lot of communication between them and the factory Suzuki. I know when Roger was there for sure. According to my Twitter this morning, Roger's still there. But um, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I was on the golf course, bro. Um, uh, cheap smokes. Yeah, cheap smokes. The, um, cheap, I, I, don't think there, smokes. I don't think, Kale, I don't think there'll be much difference. I really don't. Okay, cool. I, thanks for watching. Right, thanks. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of, of discussion and emails and, hey, we found this. What, what are we doing here? What are we doing with this? You know, Suzuki Japan would make sure that, that everyone's up to the loop. I would yeah, think. I think they they have a little bit more leeway on trying new stuff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as their production rules, uh, but I, I, I totally doubt. Uh, you just went all robot on us. Yeah, you're gone. See if you can get him back. Uh, he's gone. There is. Uh, I know that there's some. The RCH guys with Brock Tickle and Josh Hill and now just Tickle um, Outdoors, they work in the Yoshimura Suzuki shop side-by-side side with the Suzuki guys. And I know that uh, they've told me before that they share everything with what they're doing on the factory bike of Tickle with the Suzuki guys. But they're not so sure that the Suzuki guys share everything back to uh, to RCH, which is uh, typical of a factory team. Uh, when I was at Yamaha, the same thing. We Yamaha Troy and Star Racing and and those teams had to show us everything that they did, um, but we didn't necessarily have to show what we did or what we learned during the week. So there's some always some tension and some con, some stress between teams uh, when you have to answer to the factory team. I know JGR has done the same thing with Yamaha, where they report everything they do to Yamaha, and they don't feel like Yamaha's always telling them what's up. So there's always confusion there. JT, you're back on the line. Um, yeah, sorry about that. I was just kind of saying that I think it, it's there's. I don't think Suzuki's really pushing the envelope too much in Europe with their bikes. It would probably be just more setting differences. Yeah. Well, between Desau and James, I don't think they're pushing the limit too much over here either. Like there's not a no, lot. No, that's, of, what, I, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. I mean oh. globally. You know, I don't yeah, think they're, yeah. they have anything that James doesn't have. Where, where yeah. like back in the day, you saw Yamaha had completely different frames for Everts and all that stuff. I feel like, uh, you know, I, I've definitely been a critic of Yamaha, and you have too, JT. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they try. I think they swung, and they didn't. While they didn't miss on the 450, they got a uh, a single, you know, a bunt single, let's say. Um, right. But but the Suzuki guys have kind of flown under the radar. Like that thing hasn't changed much. That's been the same bike for a long time now. That 450. And I think, I, yeah, it's been. The, the frame has changed a little bit, mm-hmm. but man, it's good. I, I think there's between their their company has obviously had some financial difficulties as of late, and they really do have a good product. 
mm-hmm. um, that, you know, those two have kind of gone hand in hand to kind of keep the bike the same. Right. Um, yeah, so maybe they, maybe they at least, I mean, Yamaha went for this radical redesign and it didn't work. Suzuki's just like, hey, what we got is good. You know, what we're right. doing. Why, why yeah. go spend a bunch of money on something that may be worse? Right, right. Yeah, the, the bike is good. Um, okay, so this weekend, Lakewood, um, how big, I guess you've never ridden a 250F there, have you? You never raced a 250F? Right? Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't. But how big? But a 450 feels like a 250F. Okay, there. yeah. How big is the altitude as a racer? How big is it? How it's big a of a factor? huge difference. Huge? Yeah. Huge difference. Power-wise, okay. power wise, it is a huge difference. All right. So what are you uh, – you're not in first on a 450, though, off the start. You're second. Yeah, you're, absolutely. You're, second you're, won't pull. I mean, you'd have to go up three or four teeth. No, no. So, a, so you're first on a 450 off the gate? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. really? Everybody. Oh, yeah. oh. I was going to yeah. say, for sure the two of the F guys are in first. Oh, um, uh, yeah. They're, they would be in neutral if they would go anywhere. <laughs> I didn't know you went that – I didn't think it was that big of a deal, deal on a 450. Yeah, it's, okay. it's a big difference. So what kind of stuff do you have to adapt to as a racer with that? Or is it – it's – I mean, do you noticeably feel yourself twisting the throttle more uh, just because you're trying to get more power? I mean, how, what kind of adjustments is that at altitude for a racer? Um, Riding-wise, you just try to carry momentum more. You kind of – Put yourself in the 250F mindset a little bit as far uh-huh. as how you're attacking attacking the track. Um, you want to open your turns up a little bit so where you can kind of keep the momentum going and uh, just try to stay off the brakes a bit more so you don't have that stop stop mm-hmm. and start mm-hmm. um, deal going on. Right. And then you know there's a lot of other factors on top of that the altitude and hydration and all that stuff um, yeah. affect you differently. You have to make sure you're hydrated more than usual and then the the elevation you can't really do too much with your body. Um, you know, you just don't have time, but you definitely you definitely notice that you go out in that first practice and yeah. you're doing your sprint laps for, for time qualifying and man you're breathing harder than normal. So the um so the altitude is pretty pretty good then. Pretty pretty big deal. Well, it does. It, it, it's okay. a factor in a, in different ways, you know, with the body and the bike. It, you know, yeah. I don't I don't know. I obviously with the bike it affects everyone and uh, there's a few teams that are notoriously better than others with their uh-huh. with their motors in the altitude. Um, the Hondas are always seem to be really good on the starts in the in the high altitude. They do, don't for they? whatever You're reason, right. whether yep. it's their technology or or whatever they have going on. Yeah, uh, mapping or however they figured it out, right? Yeah, yeah, they seem to be really good there. So that's something to watch out for. But who um, who this weekend? Who needs who needs to rebound this weekend? Like who needs to show up uh, more so than what they did? In Hangtown, like w- anybody come to mind? I mean, I, like we're talking yeah, about- I would say I would say Izzy has uh, some things to work out. Um, I'm sure that's not what he was hoping for on his comeback. Yeah, uh, Dean Wilson comes to mind immediately. Um, that obviously wasn't See, what he was hoping I, for. I, I know Dean's paper results weren't what they good. They what they what you wanted, but I mean, you know, he stalled his bike in the first moto. Set for second moto, he crashed. Was way back. I thought he was fine. I mean, I, I yeah, but I, I guarantee you on their on in Mitch's Monday meeting that result does not okay. that doesn't sit well. Like okay. that's not what they went there for. Of course that's not. That's not what Dean is capable but of. Riding out on the track, his speed is. I mean, I don't expect him to be a podium guy. He's a four, five, six, seven guy, and I think that at Hangtown he was right there, a four, five, six, seven guy. You know, like yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm not saying he overperformed. When you're, about, when you're talking about when you have okay, so. Maybe he wrote okay, but when you talk about someone who has something to prove, his results, all the people that just looked at the result and weren't paying attention to him like we were, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, what the hell is that guy doing out there? <laughs> right, right, right. You know, that that's what okay. you have to look at. All these people, you know, 
not everyone watches this as closely as we no. do, and some people didn't see him, you know, riding yeah. it in sixth or seventh for a, a long time before he stalled it. Yeah, so. I, th- I thought I thought his speed was fine and all that. So um, the first moto before he stalled it, I thought he was fine. You yeah, know, yeah. we I know we've already kind of discussed it, but when he was stalled there, kicking his bike, I wanted to throw a rock at him. I was so mad. Yeah, it was weird. Um, and then I, I mean, I would go with Alessi more so than Dean. Now, Alessi's finishes yeah, were better on paper, but uh, he went backwards in that first moto. Uh, eventually, yeah, he, I don't know what's going on the first moto. The second moto, he was okay. Yeah, second moto was okay. Yeah, second moto. But you know, it's it, yeah. I, I, I expected more overall. Even even the second moto, well, I didn't think that Trey and Barsha would just ride away from him like we, they did. We're both poor because of that, because of us expecting more. Um, let's go with the the squid. Is this the squid? This is the squid. What's up, squid? Hey, I've got a suggestion for a new uh, sound drop. Yeah, you got to get the coster doing this. Oh shit! Oh okay. I didn't know. I never heard him say that, but we can try. You put that in your. Oh. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You right. I never, I never explained that to anybody. But yeah, the interview, I interviewed Acosta after the race, and it just ended with, "Ah oh, shit," and uh, it was because there was this rushing water from the team two two, and it was going to run all onto their um, you know, the plastic mat they laid on JT, a really nice looking floor. Yep. You know, yep. it was rushing all into that. And when it gets really muddy, it's a mess to clean. So he I just think went... that was Chad Reed actually puking, yeah, running maybe. down. Yeah, 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 it could be. Um, you know what, Squid? I'm going to try to get that. I'm going to get his legendary on that. Um, cool. He, he'll uh, he'll earn his pay this week. Sweet. What's up? Squid? Yeah. You got a question? Or is that it? Oh, that was kind of it. Well, I did have one other question. Um, as far as Weimer and Tickle are concerned... Do they both have one more year on their contract after this year? Yes, yes. So they're, they're staying where they're at. Yeah, they'll both be there. I think Tickle, obviously the RCH team's talking to Tomac. JT, you know what I heard just the other day? And I don't know yeah. how. It's totally a rumor, but I did hear uh, RCH talking to Dungy. Really? Yeah, yeah, I did hear that. And Well, from some of the, some of the numbers I've heard through the grapevine that are actually confirmed, I just, you know, as much as confirmed as you can get, um, they would have the money to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's surprising that uh, I, I can't. I can't picture him no, leaving. I me, just can't. Me but. neither. But but geez, I mean, his contract's up, and here we are at the beginning of outdoors. And there's, no, I'm going to ask Roger about it this weekend. But there's no, like you would think this negotiation would be pretty easy. Like uh, Bing Bang, uh, give me a bit of a raise, uh, another two year deal. You know what I mean? I can't, man. I just can't see it not happening. I can't. Right. Can't right. see him going anywhere else. Right. I don't know why he would want to. No, I, I don't know either. But anyways, the, the bike squid. seems like it's improving. The money's there. Right. I don't know. If anybody has the money, it's KTM. Absolutely. So. Um. Yeah. So. Um. Squid. Yeah. Weimer and Tickle will both be in those same teams next year. So. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks. Uh, a lot of people ready to like. A lot of people ready to just move on and just kick riders out of their rides after hangdown. Like that's it. You're terrible. Give that bike to somebody else. Give Weston Pike that bike. That's what everyone. That's 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 the, the common goal, the common theme. So, all right, JT, it's time. Yo, it's time. Uh, I need winners. I need podiums from Lakewood from you. Lakewood. Uh, I need podiums. Filipoto, Dungey, DeSalle. Okay. Um. No, you know what? I'm going to go Barsha third. I'm going to put Barsha third. Because of the Honda's I think, performance. I think Barsha's yeah. going to rebound. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's White's class. I'm going to go 
Roxon, Tomac, Baggett. Roxon, Tomac, Baggett. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking right along with you. Although maybe I would, maybe I would put Stu ahead of Dunge. Okay. Go Villapoto, Stu, Barsha. You know, something like that. But, you know, okay. your, your point about the Hondas is excellent because Tedesco's short, uh, Millsaps, um, Brayton last year, I believe, pulled good starts. You're right about that. That those guys yeah, they just seem to have, have yeah. something there. I don't know what it is. Right, and uh, so we and. I'm going to go with Chad Reed's definitely 50-50 as far as him, him racing this weekend. Yeah, that, that's a that's confirmed. Right, right. Um, what about the Stribos? How does Stribos do? Does he make top 10? Uh, I could see it happening. He'll be in that. Uh, he's not going to beat any of the top five. No. Um, yeah, the, the, well, the five from last week, he's not going to beat any of those guys mm-hmm. that I can see. But, um, I I mean, I, I if he's in that 6-7-8 range with Pike, Sipe, Short, those guys, yeah. yeah, I could do that all day. Yeah, all day long, huh? Uh, and it's, that's going to depend on the bike too. You know, I, I don't know what those guys are getting, but the bike can play a big factor. That altitude messes with the bikes a lot. So as far as fuel and settings and EFI and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The so. the uh, I'm looking for the JGR guys to rebound too. I don't know. Well, but... I mean, they have to, right? <laughs> it can't get any worse. I, do you remember Grant winning a moto, passing Dungey, winning the moto? I do. So, I do. Okay. He's not ready to do that, but no, he's be not, a lot better. He's not ready to do that, but that his ride there tells me that he's good there. He likes it there, and he's got to do better than he did at Hangtown, like you said. Coy Gibbs may not be at round three. if Yeah, he drives his Toyota off the, <laughs> off the cliff. Right. This is pretty much yeah. has to happen. Um, all right, JT. Hey, what's up for you today? Where are you at? What are you doing? Are you? Uh, at the uh, I'm in Boise today, and then I fly to Colorado tomorrow. You're at the Western Power Sports Actually, Sports uh, I'm at the office right now. Oh wow! Okay. Check yeah. it. So you do get time off to do this show? I like that. Uh, yeah, I'm just at my desk. Right. No big deal. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. All right. All right. See you guys. See ya. All right. That's uh, the been the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Thank you to Fly Racing. Don't forget. They are they're one of the fastest-growing MX and off-road riding apparels at hard part brands in North America and uh, distributed in 40-plus countries. Fly Racing USA. We gave away a Fly Racing spectator factory spectator kit to, uh, what was his name? Tits? Evan? Yeah, I think it was Evan. Eric. I think it was Eric. Okay, well, Evan or Eric, somebody. Very first call of the show, won that kit uh, with a great call. Uh, thank you to all of our callers, 702-586-757. You can call in anytime during the show and leave a message. Thanks to Jeff Emick for coming on. Thanks to Jason Thomas for coming on. Um, we appreciate you guys uh, listening. Uh, we're going to try to do this every Thursday, for sure every Thursday before a race. And uh, if not, then before a race, then we'll probably do some on the off weekends too here and there, uh, depending on how this thing's going. So, um, yeah, again, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, we will see you next week on the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. <laughs>